0: Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me, not to Mark today, but to 2 Corinthians chapter four. 2 Corinthians chapter four. I wanna talk, I wanna just put one, one week's pause on the Gospel of Mark. Um, we're going to pick it back up next week with going into chapter 14. But uh, I want to just talk to you about um, something that, I, that really God has been put on my heart for a long, 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 long time. Uh, definitely, maybe a year and a half or so. I just haven't been able to really um, just preach it and, and and teach it. But I think I think just today is, is I couldn't hold it anymore, and I just really think that. Um, Some of you are here uh, for a reason. I believe that some of you are going to be blessed by this message. And uh, let me just kind of give you the context really quick before we go in and before I kind of develop the message and tell you really why I want to teach on this. Um, But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And and let me just set up the context. In verses 1 through 6, uh, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about uh, preaching the gospel, and he's talking about not using trickery or uh, craftiness uh, when when he preaches the Word of God. He's not trying to dilute the Word of God. He's not trying to to make it uh, palatable for people. He's simply preaching the Word as it is. That's what he's talking about in verses 1 through 6. He's not trying to get all crafty and clever and cute. He's simply proclaiming the words of Scripture. Then in verse 7, through 15, verses 7 through 15, he begins to talk about not only his preaching of the gospel and his preaching of the word, but he talks about his suffering, his suffering for the gospel and his suffering for the word. Let me just give you a little uh, snippet here of what he says. He says in verse 8, he says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And so he has been suffering. He has been afflicted uh, as he has been ministering to people. He's essentially suffering for the message of the gospel. Not only is he preaching it, but he's suffering in his ministry. Then in verses 16 through 18, which is what we're going to cover today, Paul gives the Corinthian church some insight or a perspective on how to suffer, and how to suffer well, and how to suffer biblically. That's what he's going to do today, just give them some insight on how to suffer, encourage them on having a new perspective on suffering, and suffering well. So let's go ahead and read the passage for today. It says this, so we do not lose heart. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Let's pray. God, we come before you asking you to speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit that dwells in every single believer. God, I pray that today this message just encourages your children, that it encourages the people that are tuning in online and the people here, especially those of us that are suffering, afflicted, going through some storms and trials. God, encourage us, give us hope and give us a fresh perspective as we face our daily battles. We focus our hearts and our minds and our hearts and all of, our, all of our attention to you, Jesus, for the next few minutes. We thank you. In your name we pray. And God's people said? Amen. Amen. So why, why suffering? Like, why do I want to talk about suffering? Why do I want to talk about suffering well? Well, see, here's the thing. The last four years of mine and Christina's life have been nothing but Amazing. They've been nothing but amazing. These last four years have been awesome, and I wouldn't change a thing. I was had the opportunity to finally, after like, I don't know, four and a half, five years, five and a half years, I have no idea, uh, graduate from seminary. After I graduated from seminary, uh, we decided to plant Restoration Church, and that was an exciting time. And I've just seen so many of you here today. Uh, just change and grow spiritually. I have seen many of you through the ministry of this church um, just discover your purpose and, and really live for something bigger. And, and I love when I see you use your gifts and your strengths to make a difference. And honestly, to me, uh, there's nothing better in my life than to see other people be used by God. And it's just been an amazing, amazing four years and Honestly, it just got even better because Christina and I are expecting our first child in September. Come on, somebody! And, you know, people people have been texting me and calling me and saying, "Hey, are you are you worried? Are you nervous? Like, what's up, man?" And I I told them I said, "You know what? Like, honestly, I'm not nervous at all. It's probably gonna be a piece of cake because." As you know, the pastor's kids are the most well-behaved kids in all the church. So I mean, it's going to be a breeze, you guys. They're perfect. Pray for me because if he's anything like me, oh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Uh, but, you know, they, they've been the best four years of my life. Honestly, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, I'm living the life. Like, I wouldn't change anything about my life. At the same time, these last four years have been the most difficult years of our life. They have been so, so, so hard. Can a pastor be real today? Yeah? Is it okay? You know pastors suffer, right? They've just been hard, filled with disappointment, filled with discouragement, doubt, worry, anxiety, Man, they've been tough, and especially this last year. Tough. They've been really, really, really hard. And Christina and I, we just had to really lean in on God. Like, we really had to lean in on God. We really had to lean in on each other. We really had to lean in on our family and friends. We had to. We just had to. We couldn't do it alone but they've been tough and they've been suffered we've suffered quite a bit and here's the thing over the last these last four years and especially the last two years since the pandemic I've seen a lot of you suffer I've seen a lot of you go through some tough tough times some affliction some trials whether someone did something to you or it's just a part of life or whether you did it to yourself today it doesn't matter What matters is that you're suffering and you're afflicted. For some of you, I've seen just struggle with a physical condition, a health issue. Maybe you're suffering with that. Maybe you have a loved one who you have just been seeing them suffer with a physical condition. And it just breaks your heart. Maybe you've lost someone the last couple of years. I've seen many of you suffer with depression, anxiety, loneliness, even financial suffering and stress. Their marriage, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And I don't know about you, but I hate to suffer. I do not like suffering. I hate it. I can't even get a cold. I get the man cold and I'm out for like two weeks. I hate suffering. I just hate it. Then I came across this quote by Martin Luther that's always helped me. He says, they gave our master a crown of thorns. Why do we hope for a crown of roses? Why do we think, why do I think that in this world I will not suffer? Why do I think that because of everything that I've given up and done for God, that I still wouldn't suffer. Because the truth is, there have been times that has crossed my mind. God, we gave up everything, and we're still going through this. I thought you were faithful. I thought you were good. But man, this... Quote by Martin Luther, the great reformer, just <laughs> brings me back to reality that everyone is going to suffer. In this world, you will have trouble. You will suffer. You will have affliction. Now, here's the difference. We will all suffer, but we will not all deal with the suffering the same. We will not all handle suffering the same way. And if I could be honest today, suffering, if not handled the correct way, if not viewed with the right biblical lens and perspective, suffering, if not handled biblically, is capable of suffocating the life out of you. You see, when we suffer, what tends to happen if we don't Deal with it properly. Depression sets in. Unhappiness sets in. Discouragement sets in. Fear sets in. Faith, we, our faith suffers. We begin to doubt God. We lose hope. Our hope in God and in the promises of God suffers. We get desperate. In suffering, don't we? Asking God, God, when are you gonna come through? And when we get desperate and and don't see God coming through the way that we would like him or at the time that we would want him to, what do we do? We make unwise decisions, which leads to more suffering. When we suffer, a lot of the times, We actually cause suffering in other people. You've heard it said, hurt people hurt people. And that is so true. Suffering turns us inward into our issues, our problems, my relief. And suffering confuses us. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Suffering, it's not dealt with correctly, biblically, looked at it through a biblical perspective, will suffocate the life out of us. So here's my goal today, church. My goal today, two goals. One is to simply encourage you. That's all I want to do today. I simply just want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through right now. I know some of what you guys are going through but I don't really know fully and truly I don't know the pain that you're enduring right now I don't know what's causing you to stay up at night I don't know what's causing you to cry at night I don't know what's causing you to cry on your way to work and on the way from work I don't know but I just want to encourage you to with the word of God. My second goal is to simply give you a different perspective on suffering, a biblical perspective on suffering, on how to suffer well. Because if we're gonna suffer, I wanna do it well. Like I wanna suffer well. And that's what I wanna do is just give you a lens to look at your pain and your affliction, your troubles. And maybe you're here today and you're, everything's great. Everything's awesome. Hey, live it up. Honestly, that's awesome. Enjoy it, right? Like, enjoy it. But pay attention because it won't last. It just won't last. We're all going to experience something very, very difficult. So pay attention. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you three things from this text. If you're taking notes, I encourage you. Uh, I want to give you three things from this text that are going to help us suffer well. Number one is this. We need to look beyond the physical to the spiritual. We need to look beyond the physical to the spiritual. Look at verse 16. Look what it says here. It says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Paul tells the Corinthians, He says, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose enthusiasm. Don't lose motivation. Press on. Continue on. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. look Look what the Apostle Paul says. He says, so we do not lose heart. We, he says, we. The Apostle Paul includes himself in there. If you know anything about the Apostle Paul, man, he suffered a lot. And I'm just going to read you a couple of things that he experienced, but the list, honestly, was super long. I had to cut it down because we'd be reading it for like a couple of minutes. I'm not even kidding. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was slandered. He had sleepless nights and days. He went without food. He was shipwrecked. He was adrift at sea. He was stoned, and after he was stoned, they left his body there, they think. They left him for dead. They thought he was dead, literally, after stoning him. On top of that, if you remember, he had the thorn in the flesh. We don't really know what that is, but he prayed to God, and God said, no, I'm not gonna remove that thorn in your flesh. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. And the list goes on. I mean, again, we could, be here all day with Paul's suffering but he, the, 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 the great apostle Paul also suffered but he said you know what we do not lose hearts does this sound like a successful ministry Paul's ministry no it doesn't it doesn't sound like a successful ministry you see in our world suffering doesn't equal success But in God's economy, there is no success without suffering. There's none. It's a different way to view things. And so Paul, although he dealt with so much suffering, he had a lot of hope. And he points the Corinthians to a far greater and better reality beyond what they are experiencing. He says, though our outer self is wasting away. He's about to compare Two things. What is, what is the Apostle Paul mean the outer self? What's he talking about? I think there's two kind of dimensions to this. First, he's talking about the physical body. Ever since we were born, from the day we were born, our body has been decaying since that first day. and our bodies are going to waste away. We're going to have aches and pains and doctor visits and this and that and tests and all, all types of things and all types of pain and all types of conditions. He says our outer self, our physical body is deteriorating. It's wasting away. The second sense that he means here by outer self is how we are perceived on the outside by others especially during great difficulty. So yes, it's our physical body, but it's like our outward circumstances. when the, the way that we're perceived, man, they're going through a difficult time. Their life is crumbling apart. They're wasting away. Their situations are going downhill. That's what he means. It's, just, it's a fallen world. It's a fallen world and our circumstances, and our situation, and our physical bodies is what Paul means by the outer man. And he says our outer man is wasting away. It's being destroyed through corrosion of some kind. This word to waste away was used in ancient literature when they were speaking of rust eating iron or moths eating through clothing, You see, suffering has a way to eat at a person, doesn't it? Suffering has a way to eat at our joy and our hope and our strength and our power. And Paul says, man, our outer self, our body, our circumstances, they're wasting away. But then he he makes a contrast. He says, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. What's the inner self? It's your spirit. It's your soul. It's the most important part of your life. It's your spiritual life. And Paul says, As even though your physical body's wasting away, even though your outside circumstances are just crumbling, he says, inside, you're being renewed each and every day, each and every day. You're being renewed. To to be renewed means to, to restore, to change back to a previous state, to make new again. God's mercies are new every morning. There is renewal available every single day, every single hour, every single minute for those who are in Christ Jesus. This renewal is ongoing, it's consistent, and it's eternal. And so Paul tells the Corinthians, he says, guys, although suffering is causing our bodies and our circumstances to deteriorate on the outside, our inside is constantly being renewed. So you got to look beyond the physical, look beyond what you see to the spiritual. And I don't know who needs to hear this today. But your suffering is consistent, yes, it's true, but renewal is incessant. Your suffering is consistent, but your renewal is incessant. It's eternal, it's everlasting, it's forever if you're in Christ Jesus. So I don't know who needs to hear that today, that there is renewal today. Renewal today, it's available to you today through Christ. Has suffering just eaten away and deteriorated your hope? There's hope available today. Renewed hope, new hope, renewed strength, renewed grace, renewed power, renewed joy, renewed dependence on God renewed faith for it today, but you gotta look past what you see to what you don't see because that's what really matters. You gotta look past your pain to God's promise. This is a promise of God. Hold on to that. Hold on to the promise of God that he is renewing you each and every moment. Anyone thankful for that today? Number two, Look beyond the present to the future. Look beyond the present to the future. Verse 17. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Look what Paul says about his affliction. He says it's light. The word light means insignificant, not burdensome, and not... Difficult. How can Paul say that? After everything he's suffered, after everything he's gone through, Paul's like, it's light and it's momentary. Is this guy crazy or what? Like, what's up with this guy? The word momentary means temporary. It's just temporary. It's, it's light. It, you can handle it, and it's not going to last forever. It's just temporary. Now, how can Paul say that? How can Paul say that him being stoned and left for dead and shipwrecked and beaten and persecuted and running and and all of this stuff, how can he say that our afflictions are light and temporary? It's because of the perspective perspective he had on suffering. It's because of his lens, how he viewed his suffering. He didn't view suffering as something that was against him. He saw suffering as something that worked for him. Look, look what the text says. He says, for this light momentary affliction, I think it's still a little crazy, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. The word prepare means to bring about, to create, to produce. Suffering produces something in us and for us. The same, the very same Greek word is used in Romans chapter five, three through four. Look at this; it's this so beautiful. He says, "Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering." R- really quick, you can still have joy in your suffering. Joy is a choice. You could be going through the hardest times, but you wake up every single morning right when both of your feet hit the floor and you decide today, I choose joy. I choose joy even in the midst of suffering. He says, rejoice in your sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces, there's that word endurance, Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So there is a purpose in your pain. It produces character. It produces endurance. It produces hope. Your pain is not in vain. There is a purpose in your pain. God is preparing your suffering and our suffering for what? Paul tells us here, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. An eternal weight of glory beyond all all comparison. Notice the contrast here. I have a, a screen, uh, a thing on the screen. Paul, This is what Paul's contrasting. He says, in this life, if not viewed with the right lens, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, first he says, uh, this, this affliction that we are suffering is light, it's momentary, and it's, it's affliction, uh, but In the future, right, God is preparing us for what? An eternal weight of glory. He's contrasting those things. In in, in one life, we're going to have affliction. In the the end, we're going to have glory. What what is glory? What does that really mean? What, What does that mean? It means that one day when Christ comes back, we will have glorified bodies. We will experience glorification, all things made new. To be in glory means to be complete in Christ's likeness. No more sin, no more suffering, no more temptation. We receive all of the blessings that are in Christ are ours. And that is the glory that we have to look for. So, if we could keep that up. when it's put in the right perspective with the right lens, our suffering can be light and it can be momentary. But we gotta view it with the right lens. We gotta look beyond the present and look to the future, to our future glory with Christ if we don't look beyond the present into the future, if we don't have that perspective, our suffering won't be light. It'll seem heavy, like we can't bear it. If we don't look beyond the present to our future glory with Christ, it's not gonna feel momentary, temporary. It's gonna feel eternal. Have you ever suffered and and maybe it was, Not that long, really, but it felt like forever because we're not looking past the present and into the future. So, yes, yes, it can be light. Our suffering can be light, and it can be temporary by comparison to what's to come. To what's to come. The glory that Paul says is beyond all comparison. A glory that in the future will surpass all suffering. Church, I want to encourage you today to look beyond your current suffering to your future glory. I want to encourage you today to compare. I think it's good to compare. I mean, we, we're good at comparing, right? Like, we're just really, we're, we're people who compare all the time. And if you have an Instagram, you compare, right? Like, ooh, the, she, she's got it going on. Like, we compare all the time. This is probably one of the only times a pastor will tell you it's good to compare. Compare your current suffering to your future glory. Put it in perspective. Put your suffering into perspective. It's okay to compare. One day we will be with God, receiving all of his blessings in the presence of God. No more suffering, no more pain, no more affliction, no more sin, but you got to look past the present to the future. And third and lastly, look beyond the visible to the invisible. Look beyond the visible to the invisible. So not only do we look beyond the physical, to the spiritual, not only do we look beyond the present to the future, but we look beyond the visible to the invisible. Verse 18 says this As we look not to the things that are seen, we don't look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Look what Paul says as we look, as we look, he is telling them where to put their focus in. As we look, here's where you put your focus on. Here's what you got to keep your eyes on. He says, Look beyond the visible. He says that that the things that are unseen are transient, meaning temporary again. What are these things for Paul? The things that are seen, the things that are transient are his sufferings, are the consequences of the fall. His body's decaying, he's being persecuted. On the outside, everything is crumbling down. But he says, don't look at those things. Don't focus on the visible. Focus on the invisible. Focus on what's not seen. What is that? What's not seen? God. God himself is not seen. God's work, God's plan, God's purpose is unseen. The way that God is gonna fully restore all things is unseen. The fulfillment of his perfect plan is unseen. Look at that, Paul says. Look beyond. And that's what I want to encourage you today at church, to look beyond what is visible. Look beyond your circumstance. Look beyond the pain that your body's experiencing and to the unseen, to put your focus on God, to put your focus on Christ, to put your focus on the power of the Holy Spirit that works in you to put your focus on the souls of men. You see, cause I've often realized these past four years that our suffering becomes smaller when we keep our eyes on the greatness of our God. It puts it into perspective. when We put our eyes on God who is unseen. Yes, our problems and our afflictions are great, but God is greater. Our suffering becomes small when we keep our eyes on the greatness of our mission to reach lost souls for Christ. Our suffering diminishes. So how do we suffer well? How do we suffer well? Simple. We look beyond to the spiritual. We look beyond to the future And we look beyond to the invisible. We look beyond. And church, I don't know, again, what you've been struggling with, what you've been dealing with, what you've been suffering with. But man, I hope and pray that you look beyond. That you look beyond. That you view suffering not as something that you have to get through. But as something that you get to go through. You get to go through suffering. It's a different perspective. It is. Suffering produces spiritual maturity and when you suffer may you suffer well may you suffer well we all suffer but we don't all handle suffering the same why does it matter why does it matter that we handle suffering from a biblical perspective. Why? Why? You see, as I said earlier, suffering has its way to turn us inward. Our pain, our affliction, our trial, our circumstance. But, at the same time, suffering has its way to turn us outward as well. 2 Corinthians chapter one, three through four. Here's why it matters. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who does what? He comforts us in all our affliction, all of it. There's nothing that you're going through today that God doesn't care about. If it matters to you, it matters to him. Now, why does he comfort us? Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. That's why it matters. We are comforted so we can comfort others. That's why it matters. Because suffering is much bigger than us. Suffering is about other people. And how we take that comfort that God gives it, and we don't keep it to ourselves. We give it back. We share it. We proclaim it. We pray for people. We care for people. That's why it matters. There's a purpose in our suffering, and that's people, the hurting, the lost, the broken. So let me ask you this final question. What have you gone through or are currently going through that you can use to comfort others? What have you, what past pain, What past experiences have you gone through and that God has comforted you and strengthened you and picked you up when you didn't have the strength to get up? What have you gone through that you can use to comfort others, those that are hurting with the exact same situation that you went through? There's a purpose in your pain. And God doesn't waste pain. He doesn't. Pain is never wasted. So use it. Use it. Comfort others. Comfort others. We don't suffer in vain. And Jesus himself, who suffered, didn't suffer in vain either. Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us what? That brought us peace. In his pain, he produced peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus himself suffered. But his suffering wasn't in vain. His suffering was to produce peace and healing and forgiveness and restoration and hope and comfort for those who would come to him. Do you suffer today? But do you suffer alone? Do you suffer without God? There's good news. The good news of the gospel that Jesus suffered for you, if you would just surrender your life, repent of your sin, place your faith in him. Because I, suffering is hard as a believer. I can't imagine suffering without God. It's tough. But there's good news. There's strength. There's renewed hope every day. Outer man's decaying, your inner man being renewed. New hope, new power, new joy, new peace, new, new, new Will you stand with me? I want to pray over you. God, I pray for your people today. Pray for your people. That they may not lose heart As Paul says, do not lose heart. Do not give up. I pray this over every single person that's here. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit because there's a far better life, an eternal life that awaits each and every person who's in Christ. God, I pray today that you would comfort your people. doesn't matter whether it's self-inflicted or not. People are suffering. And I pray that through the power of your spirit, you would comfort, that you would give peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would guard their hearts and their minds in you, Christ Jesus, that you would renew hope, that you would renew their faith, that you would renew their strength, that you would renew their dependence upon you, God. Comfort them here right now with the power of your spirit. Comfort them. Comfort them. Comfort them in a way that compels them, God, to comfort others in their need. Comfort them, God, with an overflowing comfort that would spill out to the people around them. Use them for your glory, and for your honor. We thank you, God, for your comfort, for your mercies, for your grace each and every day. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.